Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Popcorn Optional, a weekly movies podcast where we talk all things movies. And tonight we are reviewing Stranger Things 3, or the third season, although the Duffer Brothers want you to say 3 because it's a movie, but whatever. It is a movie, Cam. Just for the record. It is a movie. It is a movie. It's an eight-hour summer blockbuster that, if it was released in theaters, would have made roughly $320 million opening weekend. So that's you know that's that but for those of you wondering i know on itunes it says episode 102 we released two mini episodes so out of the full review episodes this is officially our 100th episode we've been doing this now for two years and some change we started may (laughs) something with guardians 2 Hurrah, hurrah. So, so loud in my ears, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. You know that he's going to be peaking oh, yeah. on that. Two so, years, so we still bad. haven't figured out how to record audio, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're still not there, but um, give us another 100 episodes and maybe and we'll our, get there. Our if next we're lucky. episode is going to be us ranking our 100 favorite episodes. <laughs> not movies, but our right. favorite episodes. <laughs> Well, the best episode clearly has to be for the best movie that we reviewed. It's going to be Annihilation, mm. easily. That is, no joke, probably a top five episode. It was, that was a good one. We did, we did good. Oh, for sure. Our most downloaded episode of all time, though, is Coco. <laughs> so, you know, for reasons we don't need to get into, why, we, why it may not be our most... <laughs> downloaded episode it hasn't been confirmed it's weird but you know we're just gonna go on um if you don't know by now i'm cameron selena and i'm joined by jake brown and trevor we got the band back together again finally yeah, it's been like two months since we yeah. were all together on one of these through moving having babies not directly any of us having babies my wife having a baby she's amazing i'm nothing <laughs> but you know, self-deprecation just you put know that out we're there. back <laughs> all right joke joke banter witty comedy Nailed Nailed and movies. get into cats oh let's, let's get, get into, into cats. <laughs> today a trio of trailers were released it chapter two uh top gun maverick and the um most hyped movie of the year cats <laughs> dare i say the oh, most something movie God. of the year so um do i need to say do i need to do we want to express which of these was our favorite before we get to which is our worst i think we're all agreed <laughs> that top gun was the least favorite is that correct and cats was the best oh. Oh, well. i can't i can't even play along with the joke the cats trailer <laughs> is this. so yeah, uncanny valley a- if there was a Michael Bay Transformers yeah. movie coming out this year, it still would not be the most over CGI movie coming out. This year. <laughs> Just pause the trailer on a still when James Corden oh comes up and it literally looks like his face is like 1950s Disney Imagineering from Haunted Mansion onto a body. Yes, it is I would like so to give, strange. I would like to give a shout out to YouTube user sloppy ploppy porridge world for (laughs) for really being the voice of the people and saying who thought this was a good idea this is uncanny valley colon the movie and sloppy ploppy i gotta tell you you are 100 percent correct about this and and you might have the best username on youtube (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I I so, literally I watched this trailer and within like the first three seconds, it, it, I was like, no, oh no, dear God, no! And each new character that came on screen, it was like, it was like the the it character Pennywise transforming into the scary version of that actor. If that's like the actor that you're scared of, then he turns into like a creepy James Corden to give you nightmares. That's what this entire so, trailer is. Yeah, I think. We've talked about this movie before, right? Because we talked about, like, when they started announcing the cast, we were like, okay, this is pretty impressive for the most part. Um, and then when they announced that that it was going to be CGI motion capture, not costumes and makeup, which Cats is not my deal anyway. The music is fine. Just the whole aesthetic of it I don't love. But I could deal with it, you know, in some quality makeup and costumes. I might be interested in seeing that. But yeah. what is this? It, I like I can't. And Tom Hooper is a fine director. Like I have no issues with Tom Hooper. What's yeah, weird well, to me is like the fantastic. justification of using visual effects over practical effects is usually like we can't do it in camera, or it's cheaper to do it VFX. Like you could have That's easily done all of this in camera. Like, it would have looked so Broadway much better. For Thirty years. Yeah, it would have looked so <laughs> much better if you had just done it. It, it. Oh my gosh! It's like they Mister Potato Head all of like the features of the actors and just like put them on the cats with like a Photoshop blend mode of like yeah human nose blend mode that with the hair that looks good. That what this good. is is it's like you found a way to make me angry about Judy Dench being in the movie. <laughs> if if Snapchat went to a paid filter, this is what it would look like. Oh, good, absolutely, yes. This is the puppy and cat Snapchat yes. filter. The movie. That's what this is. <laughs> oh man. So over under that this is better or worse than the Emoji movie. Well, I mean, it it has. I guess Trevor's the only one that's seen it. It has you know like a a, a long standing source material that is quality guys also half of half of the cats are wearing clothes and half of them are naked yeah why are they all the size of real cats i am a hard pass on that too the scale of this is bizarre i don't like that oh man so we well, have to go I'm see this movie you guys right? share my opinion we, like, ha- we yeah. have to yes we 100 percent. this have is to. terrible so, like solidified this as our number one most see must see movie of the fall, hundred percent, guys. I but I'm glad that you guys share my opinion I, because Twitter was freaking out. They're like, everybody, go stop what you're doing and watch this now. It looks amazing. I don't, I don't get it. I'm so happy to share a podcast with two people that also agree that Cats looks terrible. Okay, well, enough right, well, emotional so trauma go, for today. Let's talk about let's talk about it. Let's talk about let's the talk other about, emotional trauma for Trevor. Top Gun. Okay, we can go to Top Gun. So I'm I'm on record as you know, Top Gun's my favorite movie of all time. I'm also on record as not sure that this movie needs to exist, and not really sure what's going to happen with it. But dear lord, this trailer! People say this too often, but inject this into my veins. This is amazing. <laughs> this is this is like the very soul of what this is. That line of like the look, Joseph Kosinski is Zack Snyder light, and I mean that in terms of like he cuts an amazing trailer, doesn't always stick yeah, the land. His movies are okay. Um, Oblivion's okay. Tron's pretty yeah, good. Like, Oblivion's like better like than Tron. Tron. Legacy a lot. I liked Oblivion. No, it is not. I will. Fight I liked you Oblivion. On that. And then you know he directed one of my top movies, 
from last year about amazing firefighters yeah. doing the work that should be done in Only the Brave. And he actually made me like I Miles think that, I think this is, that this is be Top Gun is like a nice middle area between all those three films. I watched this trailer and I literally was like, I don't... Th- I don't think any trailer has been more like tailor made for Trevor than this trailer. <laughs> that that quote of the like you're you're you won't get promoted, you refuse to retire, you're and you despite your best efforts you won't die. Like that I was like, yes, yes, give me more of that. And I mean when you guys oh. sent this, I texted I feel like this movie is a metaphor for Tom Cruise's career and he's just like fully leaning into the Tom Cruisiness of his life. That line is Tom Cruise's life, like in a summary. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It is. And let's not forget Christopher McQuarrie did have a hand in writing the script. He did do a pass on it. Like so that. also that's yeah, a very positive. Cam, like spin. I said earlier, Tom Cruise won't let Miles Teller suck in this movie. He just, he'll just pull something I, I, out. I get that. I'm still frustrated that he was cast as Goose's son over Glenn yeah. Powell, but I'm happy that, nonetheless, they put Glenn Powell in the movie. You know what else makes me happy? Miles Teller's not in this trailer. Not at all. Some of those shots look like they might be original footage, too. It was moving too fast, yeah, and I only watched for it sure. once. Yeah. This so is I'm just like sad. nostalgia porn in the best way possible. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Like Quentin Tarantino is going to watch this and just lose his mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very in, inside joke for uh, the best script couple of people all out time. there. <laughs> just type in Tarantino Top Gun and you'll be you'll be thinking <laughs> us. Uh also of note, John Hamm and Val Kilmer are both in this movie. You guys, so John John Hamm mm. was born to wear a naval officer's uniform. Yeah, didn't know I needed it he until I saw aviators. that, and I was like, oh. And aviators on, oh yeah. my goodness. Let's go. <laughs> Ray-Ban is getting excited right, for so let's a get big to- summer of Ray-Ban <laughs> aviator sales. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm ready for every the tie-in. <laughs> every Chad and Brad. Every Chad and Brad. Every Chad and Brad from here till the East Coast is going to be rocking aviators. That's right. I can tell you That's that That's right, can't wait. We'll see. That comes out June of next year. So that's quite a bit away. But it is Comic-Con. So, you know, this weekend we'll get Marvel trailers. We won't get anything DC because they're not coming. We may get more Star Wars. There's a bunch that we could get. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, All right. The third trailer from today is It Chapter 2. And we were all pretty high on the first one. Uh, Loved it. I think we've all been on, or two of us have been on record, Trevor and myself, as saying horror is not our thing, but it is incredible. And uh, did this trailer continue the hype? Oh, yeah. I The first trailer was almost like a short film excerpt that was fantastic. Um, but this... Yeah, with the creepiest old lady you've yeah, ever seen. <laughs> but this is, um, this is going to be great. I think I think Andy Machete really has a feel for for what how this thing should go down, what it should do. Um, it's it, it, like it just it has that it has the feel, it has the look. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I mean the first film is terrifying. I love horror. I love good horror movies. Um, it Chapter One is the pinnacle of good horror movies. It's and, and we talk about this a lot in terms of 
thrillers, dramas, any type of movie, but it's it needs to be smart characters making smart decisions in bad situations, and that's what this film does so well at chapter one, and it seems like it chapter two is going to be more of the same, hopefully. Um, Pennywise is terrifying as ever, and I'm so excited about the cast that they have put together in this thing. Um, super, super excited to see where they take this film. It, it looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, you have James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader. I mean, there's some really great people. And then, of course, you have Bill Skarsgård returning as Pennywise, which he did an incredible job in the first one. And if you watch this trailer, I think it's very clear that he's going to do an incredible job again. He balances that, like, fully unhinged horror with this, like, somehow still realistic feel. Like, that last shot of the trailer... Yeah, is hasn't left my brain all day. Honestly, in a very like not positive I, way. I could see it being like an Oscar nominated performance. It's so it's so intense and creepy, and so much of the facial things that are too happening. Weird though. I don't know, man. I mean, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker was pretty freaking weird. Like, I. But that's also not horror. Like horror never ever gets nominated. Yeah, Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture. So I mean, the doors have been blown off basically. So. I'm just saying, like, what yeah. what he's doing, so much of what Pennywise is, is Bill Skarsgård doing practically on set. Um, and I don't think that gets enough credit. He does such a fantastic job of being so terrifyingly creepy. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think between the cast and I think that there's the kids are returning for parts of this. Yeah. Um, yeah also, great, they were all fantastic. It looks like it's continuing the trend that we'll talk more about later of um, terrible things happening at carnivals in 2019. What the <laughs> hell is going on with that trend? They're trying to just give us another phobia. You know, don't go to carnivals. Terrible things happen there. <laughs> Russians will try and murder you or... You might lose your parents. You, know, you might be left yeah, by your parents. Creepy... Man. Ooh, does us count? Yeah. You may get taken into an underverse yep. type situation. Yeah. Might be uh might get killed by and a then clown. Come back twenty Man, years it's even later. More than I realized, yeah. Dang. Huh. I think Jordan Peele, the Duffer brothers, and Andy Machete got together and were like, guys, we need to stop people from going to carnivals. Okay? <laughs> Let's just cut it off once and for all. <laughs> and they did a good job. Because I don't want to go to a carnival ever again. <laughs> I've always uh, doubted them, but now I, I know for sure. I'm not getting on that right. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into Stranger Things 3. Uh, we reviewed the second season. Uh, you can go listen to that. We were all very positive on this. Uh, I think Jake even had it as one of his favorite movies. I did. From 2017. because the Duffer Brothers said it was a movie. It's, uh, they did. Hey, if they say it, it's true. That's right. Yeah. So That's how the internet you works. you got to run with it. That's how the internet works. <laughs> it is. Right, so we're all wrong because the internet says Cats is cool, but, you know, that's that's been established. It's <laughs> cool. You have to like it. We're all going to go and just talk positively about it for two hours. Um, but Stranger Things, I mean, this is one of those universes, like we've talked about. Jake has um, Harry Potter. Trevor has Top Gun. I have Lord of the Rings, where I think we could all agree that you just like spending time in this universe. It's just fun to be there. It's fun to sit with these characters. It's fun to uh, just spend time around them. So 
whether it's them playing D&D or killing monsters. I love that Top Gun is already a universe in this context. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, it that's is now. pretty weird, yeah. It is now. I mean, I can't wait for the the spin-offs, the reboots, the I mean, I guess this is a legacy sequel, so they're already covering that. The crossovers. But what if this is how Tom Cruise crosses over with the Fast and the Furious universe? <gasps> don't don't you dare even propose that unless Hobbs you have a way to make it. Hobbs and Shaw and Maverick. Hobbs and Shaw and Maverick. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I mean, he's, he is, My body is he not is pretty ready. good on the motorcycle, you guys. I know. Hobbs and Shaw and Maverick and Harry Potter. Ethan, whatever his name is. No. <laughs> What's his Mission Impossible's name? Ethan I want to see him play both Maverick Ethan and, and Ethan, Ethan Hunt at the in the same, same time. <laughs> They're the same yep. character. Let's be honest. They are the same character. It's just different career paths. And Jack Reacher. Yeah. And Jack. They're all the same. Tom okay. Cruise is one character. Tom yeah. Cruise. And Cole Tom Trickle Cruise. from Days of Thunder. No. Same guy. <laughs> yep. And every other character. Literally every other character. <laughs> Less from Tropic Thunder. That's his name. I was trying to think of his name. Stacy Jones <laughs> from Rock of Ages. Yep. Whatever the guy's name is from Born on the Fourth of July. <laughs> this is probably Jerry from Jeremy Maguire. This is what popcorn optional is now. We're just gonna list <laughs> yep. Tom Cruise characters. <laughs> Come back next week to see if we can think of more. <laughs> Risky business guy thing, my bobber. Um, you can't handle the truth. Um, yep. A few good men. Sorkin. That's a Sorkin yeah. film. There you go. Um, all right. I'm getting off this. Okay. <laughs> Stranger Things 3. Did it live up to the hype? Does it continue what has been set before it? Or is it something that we're, we just are like, get off the train, stop making these? Less is more. Hmm. Trevor, you go first because you're the freshest off the Stranger Things boat. Yeah, I'm uh, real fresh. Uh, I saw I finished this about 25 minutes ago. So <laughs> um, initial thoughts are it was awesome. Um, it was it was not perfect by any means. I have a few small quibbles here and there, but I think it it progressed some things in the story in an interesting way. I think we progressed our characters in an interesting way. I think ultimately what Cam said about just liking being in the universe and spending time with these characters was was enough for me. Um, I, I think that the story is mostly strong, mostly interesting, um, a few little things here and there, but overall I liked it. It's paced well, it's fun, it's a, it's suspenseful, it's scary, um, it's a thrill. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's Stranger Things. It's it's a great universe, great characters. Um, it, it Stranger Things being bad is better than most other things on television and something that I'm willing to to deal with more so than most other things on television. I really enjoyed this season, had a lot of hype going into it. I think there was too much hype for me. I was so pumped about it. Um, I have some, some qualms with it. Some things didn't quite live up to the hype, but other things did. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for more. I'm excited for more time with these characters. Um, This season definitely felt different though. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I would say it felt different, at least for me in a positive way. And I think there's a lot of things about this that in the moment are hard for me to be subjective about and be critical of because, I mean, like we've said, it's just fun to be there. It's fun to watch these characters. Um, I think I made a joke to Jake whenever we were hanging out recently that, like, I could this could literally be eight hours of them playing D&D 
in the basement and I would still watch it and still tell you that this is well worth your time. I would, I would maybe prefer it in out. some situations. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there are definitely areas where this faults, but I think that there are also areas where this gets... I've been struggling with how to phrase this. I don't know if this season reaches the highs, any of the highest moments of the past two seasons, but I also think that it may be more even than the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, or it's, I think it's more even than season two. I, I season one's perfect. I agree. Season one is perfect. Um, I think that overall, this is better than season two. That's my, that's my right. quick takeaway without having time to reflect at all. Hmm. Right. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think there's also some like, okay, we'll get into this. Um, I mean, I feel like anything we talk about with this is going to be spoilers. So we're getting (laughs) the spoilers for this show because I just don't want to, I don't want to have this discussion and feel like we can't talk about things. I want to be able to freely voice our thoughts and not be like, let me save that for later. Um, I just want to have a free discussion. You know, our general thoughts, it's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, go watch it. I think we could all agree that it's still worth your time. Jake, would you even say that? Oh, for sure. Okay. So it's worth your time. Go watch it. You'll have a blast. Um, if you don't have Netflix, you know somebody that does use their subscription. Uh, not that I'm a fan of pirating. This is murky territory. <laughs> uh, let's get back to Stranger Things. Okay. Um, let's... So... I'm trying to like rationalize my thoughts because there are definitely things I like about this season, but there are some things that stick out to me that are hard to get past and like kind of um, like in a, in a, in a like disease way, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Cause it's maybe too uh, close for the show, but feel like they kind of infect the rest of the show hmm. and change it in a negative way. Um, what were some like? What are some of the negatives that held this season back from being truly great for you guys? Hmm. Um. One thing for me is that I feel like the cast of characters is getting so large that we're not getting intimate character moments or development like we were with season one. Um. There's so many players that we're invested in and are spending time with that to really have good intimate character development and character moments you have to almost separate the characters and have smaller pockets of characters interacting for longer periods of time but that that kind of not not really betrays but goes against kind of like the originations of the beauty of the show was a group of friends put into this like crazy Spielberg-esque situation of stumbling upon this thing above their age but using the the wonderment of childhood to rise to it and conquer it and 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 build a a bond of friendship that's unbreakable and this season kind of turned away from that in a lot of ways and i think that most of my issues with this season stem from that core core problem of too many characters separating characters and almost kind of creating creating conflict between the characters that doesn't feel justified based on the time that we've spent with the characters so far. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of characters now, um, which, which I can accept to a point because I like all of them. 
Um, they're, they all have their merits. They're all entertaining in their own way. They're all useful in their own way. Um, but I did kind of find myself thinking as we, we kind of get the, the montage kind of thing with the moving at the end and wrapping things up where I was like, oh, Mike didn't really do much this season. Or, you know, thinking yeah. about like that with like a few different, a few different people, which like I said, is not necessarily a problem. It is, it is something that kind of holds back, holds it back from being so great. Um, but, but I kind of see both sides. But it is it. weird when Mike has arguably been the main character for the past two seasons. Like, yes, it's an ensemble thing, but it's always like somewhat told through like Mike's perspective, kind mm-hmm. of. At least to me, that's what it's always felt like. I agree. He definitely was kind of like the the core of the friend group, the way it was being presented. And especially with his relationship with Elle, he, he is kind of the main character. He's our character to view the lens of this world through, in a way, mm-hmm. um, to, to take a young adult novel approach to it. Um, and so, yeah, this, well, this season felt weird. Bella of the How dare you? Shared, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's shared between Mike and Joyce. Um, yeah. You, it's, mm. Joyce's perspective is what you get a lot of with the universe too. Also, you have, you're paying one on a writer the most money, so you have to put her in the most scenes. That's kind of... Okay, Trevor, has, has, has your perspective on things within this show changed since becoming a parent? Um, I don't know. I, I haven't watched season one and season two since I became a parent again. I don't know, but, but there is, there is, a, I mean, it's kind of changed my perspective on everything. There are definitely things that are, that hit me a little harder than they used to. Um, but I can't really think of anything specifically in season three because the season decided way early on that, that no one was going to care about the kids this time around. And that's fine. <laughs> like let them do whatever they want. It, it makes for a better TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do think that like not getting to spend as much time with the kids is definitely one of the biggest faults of the season because you know that's what, that's why we love the show but also separating I, the I kids one of my, like separating Dustin yes. away from the friend group felt so strange to me. Well that happened last season too. And last season like it worked, he did it with Steve, but it's like now it's like okay you do it again and it's like he he never spends time with that. I think it has to do with, yeah, how positive everyone's reaction was to Dustin and Steve in season two, which was maybe the best thing in season two. Um, But yeah, it does feel a little bit, especially now that Steve has Robin, who's a really good match for him. Mm -hmm. But so much of this is like, like, so Trevor, that's like, that's one of my things that I I don't like about this season is that for the first two seasons, it kind of felt like we're going to do our own thing. We're going to take risks for better or for worse, but we're going to do our thing. And this season, you know, people love Dustin and Steve. Okay, we'll give them way more of that. Okay, people like Lucas's little sister. Okay, she's going to become a full-fledged character. Okay, people were into the Hopper-Joyce romance. Okay, let's flesh that out a little bit. And then the worst of them all, ooh, could there be something happening between Billy and Miss Wheeler? <laughs> Let's dedicate like a whole little like subplot in the first two episodes to that. That's like the most cringeworthy eye roll part of the whole show. You, but I was definitely amused by all of those goings on. It did. It felt a little fan servicey. It felt a little like predictable fan service. Right. That was my point. Was like all of it just feels like, and like I don't. 
the Billy and Miss Wheeler thing was annoying. And I like turned to my wife as we were watching that first episode and was like, if this is an ongoing through the, through the whole season, this is going to be annoying. Like it's fun for an episode. We get it. Everybody was talking about it. That's fine. But I'm happy that they didn't, you know, pull that out through the whole season. I, my big issue with Billy is that it was really, I felt pedantic to make him the main fulcrum for the mind player. That was like just. Oh, I kind of love it. But it's like. Because he was so clearly a bad guy. It gives you a reason. Like, you have plenty of reasons to dislike. Okay, so do you have an issue? Do you have an issue, though, with them exploring why he is the way he is? No, I I think. Would you rather him just be like straight villain? No, I think that was interesting. Um, But if we could have gotten to that in a different way, or if we. If the kind of backstory of L seeing his past happens in episode four when they're doing the sauna thing and he gets a chance to redeem himself in the second half of the season. I thought that, I think that would have been more interesting for the character. Do you think that his redemption though actually like redeems him or is it too little, it's too little, too late. Like too late. Yeah. It's, I mean, okay. I, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, 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 you know, from a factual standpoint redeems the character like he is redeemed, but it does. It's not very satisfying to me. Right. I felt that same way. It feels like I always hate when they do this. Like it very much feels like, Hey, we can't just have like, we need to humanize everybody. And I'm, I think that there is good out there in people, but it's like on TV shows like this, I don't think that anybody is looking for every single character to be humanized. And I think that almost the better way of humanizing him is through Max's eyes. Like that was the most I've ever felt for him was seeing Max react to him turning evil. Yeah, I think the using his past with L scene that that was something that felt like it was some a, a seed that was planted that didn't like fully grow. Like I felt like it, it was it could have been used in a more interesting way than just. L like saying those things to bring him back from the brink. I don't know. I felt, I felt like we were going to get something more interesting from that. Um, I didn't feel much emotion from it or from Billy's turn until like you said, Cameron, when, when we see Max's reaction, cause that's acting is, is more reacting to things. And, and that's generally how we're able to build empathy with characters is seeing how the characters around that character react to them. Um, and so that was, that was a really good job of that type of character development versus just having L walk through his memories. And then we're like, Oh, Billy had a tough childhood. Like, yeah, but L was tortured. So, um, and she turned out fine. (laughs) I mean, mostly (laughs) she's a, she's a good kid. Yeah. Yeah. She's a lot better of a kid than Billy. Exactly. Like, let's give her, um, Billy listens to better music. Okay. So what? That's, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, but, well, we don't need to Okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, okay, one of the biggest, one of my biggest issues with this season is what they did with the character of Hopper throughout the season. And I don't want this to come off as like a hop, like a Luke Skywalker type thing where people were like, you, you took the character I love from my childhood and you ruined him. Because I don't think it's that... But they they take the darker side of Hopper and I think dig a little bit too much into that while still trying to make him likable. 
like if you're going to dig into that uh, that darker side of like him go for it but it, it, it felt like they were like between his like he just feels like this like toxic parent figure at least to me i don't know like was that to you guys that's interesting i didn't really i don't i don't i'm not sure i had a problem with him at all really i thought it felt kind of true to who he was especially as i I think it makes sense given his journey as a parent and losing his first daughter and having this one and i think that means that he's going to be overbearing um and I, I don't know anything about him that may have been a little bit too much or a little annoying was redeemed by him being exactly right about the Russian guy trying to run away. <laughs> In that moment, I was like, oh, if he actually runs away, they fully lose Hopper for me. But <laughs> I will give him credit. He stayed. Alexi stayed. Big, big positive of the season was Alexi. Oh, man, yeah. Alexi was I will crazy. say that. Gosh. It's he's he's just the third in a long line. Barb and Bob and Alexi. They yeah. didn't get they didn't get nearly what they deserved. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but all I mean, so all this to say with Hopper is there's still moments where you love him. He is still that great, lovable teddy bear that you love and that who like but you're also terrified is gonna punch you in the face. Um his whole scene with the mayor uh is incredible how he interrogates and all that i thought you know that's hopper for me but all of this to say when they started going down this route it felt like there was only one conclusion for the character Mm -hmm. and i felt like they very much telegraphed where his character ends at the season by giving him these movements throughout the season i also think that like his end feel telegraphed to you guys Towards the last couple episodes, yeah. I, I yeah. do think that, like, his actions are justified in a way that, like, this is the third time he's gone through this. He's <laughs> sick of this. But also, he is a father to Elle now, who is at the center of all of this. And he's he's seeing the thing that almost has taken her away from him multiple times come back. And he's willing to do anything to stop it. And for me, that felt justified and fair um i also think it was just kind of a way to have this show grow up a little bit um as the characters are growing up a little bit and also to show like we've seen hopper in the past rise to the occasion but he's always kind of been a little bit of a a bumbling um maybe not great police chief and in this season i think that since they probably knew by the end of it that spoilers um they were going to kill the character of hopper they probably were like what if we make him like really badass? <laughs> like yeah, give him a justified of, death. He's kind of an angry Michael Scott. Like he like barely <laughs> kind of makes it through, but but oh, I don't but know if 100% he's that 100% comes through when it matters. An angry Michael Scott. I think my biggest part is like it like is his relationship with L at times feels I don't think that they gave you enough of the like loving father moments to earn his like harsh I do agree about that. like he just feels like this like a-hole replacement for dr when Brenner. he says when he says you know like l l watches miami vice on fridays like we sh- yeah. we should have been shown that in the first couple episodes not you know not being yeah. told that later i i, I do, do think agree about we that. we got that in we got some of that in season two though like if you're looking at this as 
more of a movie one, two, three. I think that um, Stranger Things 2 gave us a lot of that. Yeah, that's fair. This is a whole year later. Okay, that's my, so, so the, that, yeah, that's what so, I would. Yeah, that's my that's fair. response to that. Yeah, and I think that if we're being critical of a movie, if a movie doesn't show that, we would be like, "Well, why would that character?" You know, it comes out a year later. We'd be like, "That feels weird for that character not to have any of those moments when that was his character all along." But I, I mean, it, it. He's still Hopper. He's still played wonderfully by David Harbour. Respect to him. He does a great job. And um, we'll get into kind of where his character ends a little bit more as the show goes on. But before we get there, I kind of want to talk about the pacing of this show because I've had um, a couple people that I've talked to that have had a lot of issues with the pacing and how the first couple episodes felt very slow. And I think for me, you know, because it's Netflix and it's so like bingy that I don't it's harder for me to notice that kind of stuff. But did you guys have issues with the pacing? I did. I I really did. I I understand that like it's Netflix is made to be binged, but like these episodes are an hour long and that's that's hard to consistently like want to watch the next one if it doesn't feel like the story has significantly progressed and left on a cliffhanger from the episode before the first four episodes were pretty slow um it, it was just like this long build up until episode five or six and, and once once it got going it got really good but i felt like the first few episodes just i was like just waiting like can something please happen or if did if something did happen it would be like one interesting thing per episode and you know i get it that's fine like you got but i feel like season one and two were so perfectly paced well from the get-go they kick off and just go yeah i mean season one like, like there's Will no is missing like 12 minutes into the first episode yeah right and you see 11 like not too long after that and you can kind of tell something's up with her too so but I, I mean, in season two, I'm trying to remember the beginning of season two. They're I at know. the arcade. Will's back. Yeah. Will and you. Oh, you instantly get like the flashes where like, OK, Will is seeing he's flipping between the upside down and the and you see the mind flare in episode one. There's a lot. There is a lot. OK, yeah, I don't yeah. this. I, I didn't mind it. I know that I've heard that from a lot of people. They didn't like it. It didn't bother me because we got to see these characters who we've kind of experienced in trial by fire and trauma situations, we got to see them just live regular lives for a couple days. And I kind of enjoyed that. And it didn't, I didn't really feel like nothing was, I didn't feel like anything was missing because or anything was slow because these were the characters that I was familiar with that I knew. And I just got to see them in a different kind of situation than, than what I was used to. Okay. And in that same line, Trevor, I feel like from season one to season two, the characters haven't grown up that much. They are still very similar to whereas like season two to three, they are, they've gone through puberty. They are completely different people. <laughs> they look, and it's they like, look and, so different. And a lot, they sound different. Yeah. And a lot of the show, what it does mirrors that. Right. And I like, I mean, so to that effect, I think that this, this, this season is more gruesome. Um, oh, yeah. 
I think that it's darker. And I think part of that is just that natural evolution of the show growing up with its well, and, characters and its audience. And this is this is a horror show now. It used to be a sci-fi show, and and it really. I think it's always been horror, though. I yeah. At least for me, like it's it's always felt this like it mostly was horror. But I think with the Demogorgon and the monsters. At least for me, the first season was more inspired by Steven Spielberg and season three is more like John Carpenter. Hmm. Like it has that like kind of classic horror feel to me. Yeah, that's good. Um, you've got the body horror, you've got the monsters, you've got the hospital, like just the whole, it, all of it is, is the very John Carpenter kind of style. Even the, um, uh, the bad guys yeah. walking as, Nancy and Jonathan are running through the hospital. Yeah, yeah, it had yeah, which I thought it was all great, um, and, and I, yeah. I I loved the incorporation. It just feels like this natural progression of, you know, if this weird, insane stuff is going to keep happening in this town, it's going to get worse and worse. Like it has to. So I, I think it makes sense that you know the the gore, the intensity, the scariness, all of those things are going to ratchet up. Yeah. And I mean, you you get the terrifying Jake Busey. So. Oh man, who who sort of looks like who sort of looks like Chip Gaines' evil twin. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to describe him. Yes, he does. <laughs> Demo day. Yeah. Let's go. I'll tell you what. He went to Demo Day on that hospital. Oh. Yeah, he definitely did. And Nancy went Demo Day on his yeah. face. Nancy Drew. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Yeah. Oof. Um, okay, so let's talk. Let's talk Mother Russia. Um, <laughs> okay, comrade. I don't know if we have. I don't know if we have any actual Russian listeners on this podcast. Um, we have some in Japan, interestingly enough. Um, but uh, do you guys? Does the addition like so? That's another thing. Was the Russians was uh, a joke or a comment that Murray made from season two? Do you? Was that an effective plant from season two or is that, I mean, if we're going to follow these lines of, and, and I say this kind of facetiously, this show is incredibly derivative and that's what makes it so great. Um, but the, the Russians here are the Nazis from Indiana Jones. That's what's going on here. <laughs> that, that kind of direct Spielberg influence of if there is some kind of crazy supernatural science power, of course the commies want to know about it and want to be involved with it. Um, from a narrative standpoint, I, it was a little eye rolly at first, but I, but I grew into it and accepted it and I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. For me, it was fine. Um, there was some good things in it, some bad things in it, some, some eye rolly cheesiness with the, like the Russian Terminator looking guy. That was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it gave Hopper fun. some moments to shine. That was fun. I, I mean, I wish that we had more of the characters working together to solve one problem. And I know that technically the Russians and the gate are like the same problem, but it, it just felt like we were watching two different shows sometimes. Um, and I, I think that maybe if they could have done a better job of unifying those storylines, it would have been better. I felt like it was just a lot of like really long thread to finally be tied together at the end. Um, and like, I, like it literally comes together in like the last like 10 minutes of the final episode yeah. and you're like, so okay, I wish, I wish how. it had come together earlier or it, 
it was better done. I don't know exactly how to fix it, but um, I, I liked it. I disliked it. You know, it back and forth. I'm not sure. I think I think it's a good way, given the time period. Um, I think it's the least complicated way to work your way into the gate opening again. I think it's a really easy way to get where you need to go for the story to yeah. work. Yeah. I think that if you if if you if the gates just open again, maybe it's a little bit derivative. Okay, how did it open? Or there's not like the Russians introduces something that feels familiar, but it's a slight twist. And I'll be curious in future seasons, because like Okay, season four hasn't been greenlit yet, but are you? Do you really think that Netflix is going to cancel this show? <laughs> no, they are. Like I said, forty million people watched the first episode on the first weekend, which, if you just go by eight dollars a ticket, is three hundred and twenty million dollars, which would be the second highest opening of all time. Not that Netflix is right. Not that you know every single one of those forty million people would pay eight dollars to see it. But it would probably do pretty well at a box office, I would guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious though if, and I, I, I mean the post-credit scene definitely alludes to this. I'm curious though if the Russians' involvement this season is more of a setup for future seasons. Like it doesn't feel as natural here, but that's where things will be going, and that's where, uh, like not the majority, but like they'll play a huge role in seasons four and maybe five I, I don't, if they do a fifth season. I don't season. think there can be a season five. I don't, I don't think you huh. can ratchet this up two more times. <laughs> but I, that's, that's the beauties. I actually think they can, because I think that every season they found a new way to elevate. They found a new way to bring the, make the world a little bit bigger. Like season one is very small, very contained season two. You know, we get L traveling and, you know, even though not everybody likes this episode, I will say it, it plays a little bit better watching it today. But, you know, the season that episode seven or eight episode where she goes and sees her sister. It's, I think maybe the most interesting thing thinking about season three is that they're they built on that in no way whatsoever. Yeah, like, I was surprised by that. I was fully waiting uh-huh. for her to call and be like, I need to talk to somebody yep. I need to call somebody to help and her like pull up at the, at the mall. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess that's where you have to go for two more seasons. I think, I don't think you can avoid it. Uh, well, I mean, then that brings up the question of, I think they've, they've confirmed that Dr. Brenner is still alive. Um, do you guys want to see more of that side of things or are you okay with them leaving that? I'm fine with them introducing new storylines, more characters, all that stuff. As long as like we stay focused on our core characters. I feel like this season we got a little far away from the core friend group, but I, I'm, I'm fine with seeing where they go in terms of like, we, we need, we're going to bring this character back. We're going to explore this or whatever. But, um, just a little bit of this season felt off to me in, in that way. Okay, so with you know the subject of additions getting brought up, I would say that the best addition to this season is Maya Hawke's character of Robin. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. She was who, great. Who is the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke and looks exactly like that person would. It's like if you had done one of those face <laughs> like mold things of like, what will all, will our kid look like? It's literally... <laughs> 
the perfect version of she's she's Um, fantastic um she's a great character she's a great foil for steve um (laughs) poor steve i know (laughs) poor steve yeah what's up with steve getting the snot beat out of him every single season can't get a girl can't win a fight yeah but but the kids love him. the scene kids love him yeah he's the best the scene where he like come like dustin comes back and they do the lightsabers oh, and man. everything at Ahoy. That was so awesome. But yeah, she, my Hawk was fantastic. The character of Robin is awesome. Great addition. Like, I'm fine with us adding characters and storylines if it's to this caliber. Um, and if they're integrated as well as Robin was. Yeah. Um, the problem is but, a lot of times it's not done that well. And also we're pulling characters apart to put new characters in. And that's that's tough. Like that's yeah. it's really hard to manage this many characters. Lucas's sister was funny, but ultimately unnecessary. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think where I'm going with the whole like um, Doctor Brenner Kali side of things was that her name? Am I saying? Am I? I think that's right. Or am I just imagining that? I think that's right. What I, what I think what what I'm trying to get at is. I feel like the show could go in one of two ways. You could go the more sci-fi superhero route and leave the um, upside down somewhat behind, uh, still use it in certain ways, but uh, go explore more of like the kids with powers side of things. Or you could go the more upside down route, keep with the monsters and how to destroy that and tie up all of that. I think that the upside down thing is mostly tied up or at least it feels that way. Like, and so part of me is curious now with 11 without her powers at the end of the season to explore more of that relationship of like, what does it look like now that she doesn't have her powers? Like, do these other kids have their powers still? Here's what I, I think. I think we're probably done with the upside down. I don't think we're done with the creatures of the upside down. Um, I think right. the post-credit scene that shows the Russians using demo dogs basically just to exterminate people means that they have well more than just one in a cage somewhere. I think if they had one, it would be used for much more important purposes than getting rid of political prisoners. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like that's almost more of just like they're trying to feed that thing to keep it happy. Well, maybe so. That's at least how I read but it. But I mean, it, they we know that they have attempted to open multiple gates, and presumably they've mm-hmm. at least opened some of them to some extent. So I think, I think that that's the direction this is headed. Okay. Which, which I think you can incorporate so, the other kids with superpowers into. Yeah. Let's let's get into the end of this episode uh, or the end of this season, kind of where we leave everything. So, um, I think there's a lot we can talk about. Um, I'm just gonna put it all out there, and I'll let you guys kind of break down what you want. But you know, where we end is you know, Eleven doesn't have her powers. Hopper died sacrificing himself for the betterment of everybody. Uh, Russia has a demogorgon. <laughs> Uh, the buyers move away. And I think that's, let's talk about the ending and then we can talk about the post credit scene. So where do you guys feel like this season leaves it? Is it, is it at a good place? Is it, where does it, where, where did you guys feel or how did you guys feel about that ending? Man, it's, it was, uh, 
it was very emotional. It was it's an interesting way to leave the season and I'm conflicted because I feel like they did it makes sense and it was really well done. Um, it kind of leans further in the direction of things that I don't like about the show and they're separating characters from each other. Um, so this is like the ultimate way to do that. And that's, that's not great. Um, honestly, it feels almost like they could end the show right now, the way that they've ended uh-huh. this, which is, that's, which is interesting. That's that they, that they went this and that's wrong. one of my biggest issues. I kind of like is, it though. I like that. It's like, if for some reason they decide, you know what? Yeah, we we just can't write a script that we think is good enough. Like we could leave it, and I would be, I would be satisfied. I do have a complaint on like how <laughs> how weirdly edited that ending scene was. It was yeah. like, yes, now they're leaving. Wait, now they're back. What is happened? That was yeah. such such weird editing. Yeah, I did not like, like that. that. But um, I think my biggest yeah. issue with that though is that that ending. While it feels satisfying, it feels like every single character's arc has come to an end. Yeah, it did. You then get this post credit scene that's like, it's not over. And it makes all of that feel like just cheap. Like you just went through this like emotional thing and you felt like you were saying goodbye to these characters. But even, you know, even the post credit scene, though, like leaves it. Like they never confirm who's who. Nothing is really like super implied or changed by the post credit scene. It like it, you could just walk away from it right now and it would be fine. I will say, me though, as a person who likes to know everything, <laughs> I, I like it, not, not know everything in life, know everything within like a show and try and like have questions to answer. You're a completist. Answers to questions. I'm a completist. That's a great way to say it, Jake. I would feel very frustrated with what they've hinted at at the end of this season, not getting some sort of clarity on that. Like at the end of season one, where you're like, is Eleven alive? Is she gone? That's one thing. Is like at the end of season two, is the mind flare there? Is the mind flare not? Like, are the, has the gate been closed? Like, I'm fine with all of that. This feels not as like fun in terms of how it like ends of like, where does it leave things? It feels more like it just doesn't feel satisfying. Like the post credit scene would make me frustrated if they ended the show today. I mean, respect to Joyce for finally getting her people the hell out of there. I mean, why are they still living in this town <laughs> yeah. anyway? Yeah. Um, that should have happened a long time ago. This town is like dreary <laughs> or deary, whatever it is from it. Yeah. My big question about the end of the movie is if, on the listing for your house, do you have to put Demogorgon damage? <laughs> has been uh, oh, de- demons have come through the walls. That's <laughs> <laughs> you list that under amenities, right. don't we, you? It is... It's just like amenities, portal to the upside That's down. Right. Exorcisms have happened. Right. <laughs> All damage has been repaired. And then you know, there's the best part of the ending, which is Dustin's girlfriend being confirmed. Ah, uh. right. She is as, real. As she that, was going and, to be. Uh, I, I never had a doubt. That scene doubt, was so weird, guys. It was the feel of it. That scene was the greatest. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever had comic relief in that intense of a moment in anything I've ever seen before. I also, but I love it. That's the type of thing that like we, I, at least I feel like we have all always been like, oh yeah, I, I way to just too. go I was, for it. I, I was commit laughing. to it. Go for it yeah the, and like, like showing way to just the way like, they cut to the different characters and they're different because everyone could hear it 
So everyone, like, in yeah. their different situations, like, come on. Like, what is going <laughs> on? I, 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 loved I loved it, but it. I don't know I mean, if I've ever seen a show, like, shift gears as hard as that. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> everyone's going to die. We're singing the never-ending story theme song now. <laughs> Coming to you live from Salt Lake City. <laughs> in a season that was full of so many fan service moments that was the one that was like completely caught me off guard and just felt like a nice little like palate cleanser before getting into the end it was awesome i i I loved it yeah i loved it too all right post-credit scene we go to mother russia they get the man out of cage but no american is it hopper is it dr brenner this is a pretty good accent you, you got think? going on here, man. Yeah, I, I come think, to Russia. I think those are the <laughs> only two options. Murray is potentially a third option. Um, he doesn't seem like he could have survived. I would love it if it was just like make it there. when they come back for season four, it's just like none of them. It's some like random guy. It Or it's Sean Astin's character. It's Whoa. Steve Rogers. sean ashton would actually make sense though because they didn't they leave his body behind like it would totally make sense more sense for it to be bob than hopper well here's the thing so here's what hopper here's what hopper did he jumped through the gate before the thing exploded he traveled through the upside down and found another open gate and happened to hop out in soviet russia oh trevor that's good yeah That's that's good trevor I think that's well. And so like a lot of people have gotten into like, okay, is there time travel in the upside down? Is there like, there's all these different thoughts out there. I don't think, but okay. I mean, so did he walk from Hawkins, Indiana to Soviet Russia or is there some sort of like portal situation? Yeah. The, the nature of the upside down is nebulous. It, it seems like it's yeah a exact copy sometimes, but not always. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, I think I think if it is Hopper, that's how it had to have happened. I think it's got to be Hopper. I mean, he's the second build person on the show. I don't think that you get through this show. I don't think that they could do. I I just it doesn't. I don't think it happens. I don't think it's anybody other than Hopper. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the hopeless person in me of just like, please let it be him. Please. Um, all right. Do you guys want to hear my most crackpot theory of the season? Yes. I'd love to. Yes, I do. Okay. So all season long, we get these shots of like Miss Wheeler and her schlubby husband. What if Miss Wheeler is a Russian spy? Mm. I'm willing to entertain this. Huh. Very uh, Boris and Natasha of you. Yes. Nancy does have I a watched. Russian look. She does look They all Russian. have a Russian look. I could... Uh, also... I guess I could believe that. I think for me it's one of those things where it's like their relationship just makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe this explains it. It's also... I do think that it's going to be revealed though that somebody within the show that we know is, I, has some sort of I Russian think it, They would almost have to be right. Right. Like, is it the mayor played by 
what's nah, his he's name? Too dumb. Carrie he Elvis. was already working with him. <laughs> he's not. He's not secretly Russian. He's just a dummy. He was he working was, with him without even yeah, knowing Carrie, he was working Carrie with him. Carrie Elvis was great in that role too. He yeah, was. He yeah. Very punchable face. Something we haven't talked about is how good the acting is by everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's crazy how these characters like i just think of them as these characters yeah like ev- everyone yeah. is so good in this show every single person um brett gelman as murray bauman is astoundingly good he is just fantastically insane and i love it and all of these like they're still kid actors <laughs> so at the end of the day it's like that's still mind blowing that they found a cast with all of these kids who are just all incredible. Like there's not some a weak the, link in them. Some of the facial expressions of Millie Bobby Brown are just like soul piercing. She can just destroy you with her face. Yeah, I felt like yeah. the writing for her character wasn't super great this season. Um they kind of made her like a little too like dumb, new to the world for me. But man, the physical performance she brings to the character is just out of this world. I loved how they built that relationship between her and Max. Yeah, that was yeah. Like, that's that such was a really fun part fun. of this season. Ma- I I thought Max was mostly unnecessary and a plot device in season two, and I really liked her in season three. Maybe the best delivered line of the entire series so far is Millie Bobby Brown turning around and going, "I dumped your ass." Oh my gosh, <laughs> that hurt me. <laughs> so yeah. good. I felt like I got broken up with. Like I was back in middle school and I was just like, oh no, not again. <laughs> All right. Any closing thoughts before we get to our My final last thing rings? is Nancy is a, is a super badass and it's awesome. Oh, she's awesome. In she, this like, she's the, she's the yep. one who like goes to grab the shotgun. Like she is ready. Yep. That power slide she does in the station wagon. <laughs> I like rerounded and watched yeah. it again. It was so awesome. It was like yeah. right Nancy in the is, She's had moments like that. Like she had, like she was the one who in season two could actually like shoot. Yeah. And season one too, actually, I yeah. think if I remember yeah. right. She's yeah. She's always been like the hero of the kids. Like she's the one that's like willing to do stuff yeah. and to take things on. Um, she's, the, she's the unappreciated hero of this show. She is. She really is. Mm-hmm. Like she's the one. Like as soon as the the Russian guys went down, she's like grabbing a gun. She's like, guys, this is what we're doing. Like this is just how we're gonna take care of this. So yeah, I, I love awesome. I love Nancy. She's awesome. And Natalia Dyer's performance as as her is just perfect. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I, I, it it is interesting now that I'm like looking back on it, what they did with her relationship with Jonathan. I always wrestle with this on TV shows where it's like you get to a certain point with characters in a romance where it's like um, they're together, like just leave it at that, let them be, and like let's explore that. Um, It is interesting how there wasn't like they got into that little fight type thing, but it didn't really feel like there was much movement one way or another with their relationship. Like it was just like we're together, period, end of story. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to date other people after all the crap they've been through. Oh, see, I, yeah, this is, I think you can only be with people from this group at this point. Like, you just, <laughs> like no one can understand what your life has been like. 
Also, okay, so lastly, does Steve's top three movies have any effect on our love of the character? <laughs> or lack it of it top makes three? me love him more because of just how oblivious he is. <laughs> yeah. What does he? Who does he? What does he call Michael J. Fox? Something like someone P. Heaton or, or I don't even know what he says. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to our final ratings. For Stranger Things three, Jake, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, for me, it's a it's a B plus. I think it it lives up to the original idea of the show, and it, it's more time in this universe with these characters. I was a little disappointed. Um, season one and two are just honestly some of the best TV ever made. They're perfect, and uh, this wasn't quite there for me, but still super enjoyable. It, it's it's great. Trevor, what about you? Um, I loved it just like always. I think it's a little bit better than season two for me, at least on the whole. Um, not quite as good as season one, which I think is a, a totally perfect specimen. Um, this is a, I'm going to give this movie a 6.234 out of 6.6 or 6.626176. Um, that's a very high percentage. So pretty, pretty high percentage. I really enjoyed it. Uh, where this a movie? Where this in my movie ranking is probably one of my one, two, or three favorite movies of the year. Still, even with my small wow. qualms that I've shared, but very good. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm with more with Trevor. This is probably one of my favorite movies of the year, just because it's Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, it ranks above season two for me, but it's still below season one. It's it's an A. I am excited to watch it again probably sometime soon. Um, just one of those hard things where there's so much good TV out that, you know, it's hard to rewatch things. But uh, I think this is a pretty easy rewatch if anybody ever wanted to. So, all right, well, let's get into our content of the week. Trevor, what is your content of the week? Oh, man. I have not been consuming any media besides this in the last two weeks. So, go read a book. Um, I've been reading. I have been reading um, Planet Hulk, the the um, mm. kind of overall series from the um, or the kind of continuous snippet series that Thor Ragnarok is uh, slightly in part based on, but it's really completely different. Um, if you're interested in kind of the Marvel, especially the cosmic stuff, the Planet Hulk. Um, uh, why am I blanking on what to call it? But just kind of the the little snippet of the, the whole continuity called Planet Hulk. Um, for mine, two I have two different like recommends that we usually give. Um, first off is based on the website Twitter. Um, there's a new <laughs> desktop design for Twitter. Let me just recommend that you don't upgrade to that desktop user design because it is atrocious. And like Twitter, I love you, but you keep shooting yourself in the foot. So like, get it together, please. Don't upgrade your Twitter desktop experience to the new design. Every it's social terrible. media platform is worse than it was seven years ago. Absolutely. Without 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Agree. Um, my second recommend is if, if you are an owner of a PlayStation 4 and you are a PS Plus subscriber, which you have to be to do internet stuff, so most of you are, um, you get a free game every month. I don't know if you knew this, but you can on the PS Store, you can get a free game every single month, and the game this month is Detroit Becoming Human, which is an incredible, like, it's like playing a movie. It is a very, very interesting character-driven 
narrative. Would highly recommend it. I think that video games have some of the most interesting storytelling experiences going on right now. Um, and this is a perfect example of that. So go check that out. You are making decisions that are like severely impacting the story. It's a lot of fun. So, and it's free if you already have a PlayStation. It's free. So go check it out. Um, so there's a band out of Austin, Texas called Black Pumas. And they had a song come out a little bit ago that I really liked called Colors. And in my absence of this podcast, they've put out their debut album. And it's very, very good. So that's the Black Pumas self-titled debut album uh, from Austin. So get in on that before they get too popular if you're one of those people. I don't know why I said that. I hate myself (laughs) for saying that. I'm going to. That'll be the last thing I ever say on this podcast. Mm. All right. What? Are we stopping after um, this It's episode? been a great... It's Did we just quit? <laughs> <laughs> because of that? Yeah. No, that's the end of it. Um, all right. Well, it's been a great 100th episode. We want to thank you guys for letting us do 100 episodes. Not that you have any say whether or not we do it, because we're going to do it whether or not people listen. But please sponsor it's us. Just who we are. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week or a week after or sometime with a new episode um, if you've enjoyed listening to us go to iTunes or Spotify subscribe, rate, review us share us with your friends and family if you want to know more about us you can go to our website at popcornoptional.com if you want to interact with us the best place to do that would be at popcornoptional on Twitter my name is Cameron Selena you can find me online at 321camytime or on the movie social media app letterboxd at Selena. Jake where can we find you online? You can find me at jakebrown.tv. That's my website and my Instagram. Trevor. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at TurboTrevor. In the words of Truman Burbank, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>